Hello, welcome to the Mormon History Podcast. Episode 18, The Late Middle Ages, Great Conflicts 2. With the dismantling of the Carolingian Empire came a class of warriors who had nothing better to do than to fight amongst themselves. To combat this, the church established the peace and truce of God, which prohibited fighting on certain days of the year. The church began to exercise control over the knights of the warrior class. It became acceptable for the church to use these knights against political enemies of the papacy and against those who they considered heathen, such as the Muslims in Al-Andalus, Muslim Spain. In 1074, Pope Gregory VII, in response to the Byzantine defeat of the Battle of Manzikert, called for the soldiers of Christ to go to Byzantium's aid, but his call was largely ignored. Meanwhile, turmoil arose in the Middle East. In 1092, Malik Shah I, the great ruler of the Seljuk Empire, died. His kingdom was fragmented among his sons and grandsons. The great Seljuk Empire, in 1092, was composed of Sunni Muslims, but Egypt and Palestine were controlled by the Arab Shiite Fatimid Caliphate. Conflict broke out between the Seljuks and the Fatimids, in which the Seljuks took control of Jerusalem in 1073, disrupting the local Christians and Western Christian pilgrims. The Fatimids recaptured Jerusalem in 1098, just as the Crusaders began to arrive. Meanwhile, the Byzantine Empire Emperor Alexios I Komnenos sent envoys to the Church to the Council of Piacenza in 1095 to ask for help from Pope Urban II. Urban saw this as an opportunity to reunite the Roman Catholic Church with the Eastern Orthodox Church, the two of which had officially broken ties in the Great Schism of 40 years earlier. I'll discuss the Great Schism in further detail in the next episode. It did seem, for a while, like the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church would reunite. In July 1095, Urban II went to France to recruit men to help, help aid Constantinople. His efforts culminated in the Council of Clermont in November. We do not know the exact words spoken by Urban II at the Council of Clermont, but there are five versions that differ greatly, written by people who may or may not have attended the Council. The versions agree that Urban spoke with the violence of European society and the need to maintain the peace of God. He also implored his people to help the Christians in the East, who had many atrocities committed against them. He spoke of a new kind of war, an armored pilgrimage, in which men would be rewarded with mansions and riches in heaven. Also, those who died in this armed pilgrimage would receive a remission of their sins. It is not certain if Urban explicitly ordered the recruits to go to Jerusalem, though he most likely had an underlying, this as an underlying goal, according to his other preaching. Months before the First Crusade, there was a People's Crusade, in which armies of peasants and nobles set off for Jerusalem on their own, led by the charismatic priest named Peter the Hermit. Contrary to popular belief, there were some trained knights among these armies. The People's Crusade did lack military discipline, however. Upon reaching the faraway lands of Eastern Europe, they began to cause trouble with the Christian locals, in this case the Hungarians. They may have even captured the city of Belgrade. The peasant armies did arrive in Constantinople. The army-turned-mob began to pillage the settlements outside the city in search of food and supplies. Emperor Alexios quickly ferried the Crusaders across the Bosphorus, where they wandered around, attacking Seljuk territory around Nicaea. The scattered members of the People's Crusade were rapidly rounded up and killed by the Seljuk Turks. 
Meanwhile, back in Western Europe, the preaching of the First Crusade set off the Rhineland Massacres, which some historians have dubbed the First Holocaust, in which the Jews were attacked by the Christians, preparing to, to, to depart for the Holy Land. The four main crusader armies left Europe in April 1096. The last of these four armies arrived in Constantinople in April, April of the next year. This time, Alexios was ready, and the crusaders were led and fed and sheltered without having to pillage. That same year, the crusaders crossed into Asia Minor, where they found Peter the Hermit and the other survivors of the People's Crusade. The first stop was Nicaea, which had become the capital of one of the Seljuk Sultanates. They tried to lay siege to the city, but Lake Iznik provided, prevented a full blockade. Alexios sent the crusaders' ships over land via rolling logs. Seeing this, the, the Turks surrendered the city to the crusaders. The crusaders continued their journey to Jerusalem, believing that they would reach the holy city in a matter of weeks, when in fact it would take two years. Now remember how that, that I said that Nicaea was the capital of the Seljuk Sultanate? Well, the ruler of Nicaea had, had been away on campaign, but was on his way back. He ran to an army of Norman crusaders and attacked. Thus the Battle of Dorylium broke out. In the end, despite having greater numbers, the Turks fled from before the crusader army, which had just doubled when the French caught up to the Normans. Other than that, the crusaders' march through Anatolia was unopposed. Nevertheless, it wasn't easy. The Seljuk army had burned the crops and destroyed everything when they fled from the, crusader, from the crusaders. Many men and horses died of starvation and lack of water. Some local Christians aided the crusaders, but it wasn't nearly enough. The crusaders looted and pillaged wherever they went, indiscriminately. A man named Baldwin of Boulogne separated himself from the other crusaders and went to Armenia, where he became heir to the throne of Edessa. In March 1098, Baldwin became the new ruler of that land and created the county of Edessa, the first crusader state. The next stop for the crusaders was Antioch. There, a monk found a lance, which he, he claimed was the Holy Lance, also called the Spear of Destiny, which was used to pierce Jesus' side when he was on the cross. This was taken as a good omen. Antioch, a well-fortified and seemingly impenetrable city, was taken and its inhabitants were massacred. More battles raged between the Crusaders and the Muslim defenders around Antioch. A plague broke out that killed between... that killed... many... Food was scarce, so much so that there were reports of cannibalism among the Crusaders. I won't go into details, but the accounts tell of unimaginable atrocities. In the beginning of 1099, the Crusaders finally left Antioch and headed south to Jerusalem. Along the way, cities were burned, people were massacred, and wells were poisoned. Finally, to their delight, the Crusaders reached Jerusalem, but they didn't have enough troops to blockade the city and they had no food or water. The initial assault failed. A group of, ma of mariners from Genoa in Italy sent skilled engineers to build siege engines, which the crusaders could take into the city. Their morale was raised when a priest had a vision of a bishop who had died along the trail, telling them to fast and march in a barefoot procession around the city walls, reminiscent of how Joshua captured the city of Jericho in the Old Testament. Truly, the crusaders thought that God was on their side against the Muslims, who they viewed as godless infidels. At the same time, the Muslims thought the same thing. The Crusaders performed the march, and the final siege was was engaged just days after. 
Parts of the walls were captured, and the defenders abandoned the walls, allowing the crusaders to enter. A massacre ensued. Eyewitness accounts from the crusaders attest to this. However, it may have been exaggerated by later medieval scholars. But still, it was a massacre. Muslims were killed indiscriminately. Jews were also killed when the synagogue they were hiding in was burned to the ground. A mosque full of Muslims was destroyed, and those claiming sanctuary within were slaughtered. The Christians, who were already within the city, Eastern Christians, were expelled from before the siege and escaped the massacre. Later that same month, July, a council was held in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, in which the Crusaders sought to elect a king for the newly established Kingdom of Jerusalem. Raymond of Toulouse was nominated, but he pretended to not want it. While he was pretending to be pious, a man named Godfrey of Bouillon was proclaimed king. Raymond was angry and withdrew his troops from the city. Later, the rest of the Fatimid army reached Jerusalem. It was too late. It had been taken by the Crusaders. The Battle of Ascalon ensued when a Crusader, which was a Crusader victory. After that, many of the Crusaders returned home to Europe. Only a few hundred knights remained in Jerusalem, and Godfrey himself died in 1100, after a year of ruling the new kingdom. His brother, Baldwin of Edessa, took the title of King of Jerusalem. During his reign, the Knights Templar and Knights Hospitaller were created. The county of Tripoli was established in 1109 as the fourth crusader state, after Edessa, Antioch, and Jerusalem. Edessa was the weakest of these states and was under constant attack by neighboring Muslim states. By 1144, Edessa fell to its neighbors. When word reached Europe the next year, Pope Eugene III called for a second crusade. This crusade wasn't popular until Louis VII of France said he'd be taken apart. In 1146, St. Bernard of Clairvaux was commissioned by the Pope to preach the Second Crusade. Due to this and the fanatical French monk named Rudolf, more massacres of Jews in France and Germany occurred. Bernard eventually silenced Rudolf. The Wendish Crusade was conducted by to forcibly convert the Wends in Eastern Europe. The only result of this minor crusade was, were the unnecessary deaths of countless Slavs. This cru the Crusade expanded into the Iberian Peninsula in the context of the Reconquista. In 1147, Lisbon was recaptured from the Muslims, or Moors as they were called. The Second Crusade in the Holy Land was ultimately a failure for the Europeans. Louis VII of France and Conrad III of Germany, who both led separate armies to Anatolia, were soundly defeated by the Seljuks. Sources say that Man Manuel I Comnenos of the Byzantine Empire secretly sabotaged the Crusaders. The remaining Crusaders who arrived in Jerusalem arrived in Jerusalem and attacked Damascus in 1148. The weakening of Crusader states led to the fall of Jerusalem in 1187. It was captured by the U Ayyubid dynasty, a Sunni Muslim dynasty of the Kurdish or origin, centered in Egypt. In this time, this people and many other Muslim groups were referred to as the Saracens. The U Ayyubid dynasty was led by the great Saladin, the Third Crusade is also known as the King's Crusade because of the kings who practically had celebrity status. Saladin was on one side, and on the other side were Richard I of England, known as Richard the Lionhearted, Philip II of France, known as Philip Augustus, and Frederick Barbarossa, the Holy Roman Emperor. Barbarossa drowned while crossing a river in Asia Minor in 1190, but Richard and Philip reached the Holy Land to drive the Muslims from Acre. Philip returned home in 1191, and the next year, Richard and Saladin finalized the treaty granting Muslim control over Jerusalem, 
but allowing unarmed Christian pilgrims and merchants to visit the city. Prior to the Third Crusade, a Muslim crusader king assaulted the city of Mecca, enraging the Muslims. This only exacerbated the hate between the two re religions. Saladin's united Muslim state would fall apart after his death in 1192. Historian Thomas F. Madden summarizes the events of the, the achievements of the Third Crusade. Quote, the Third Crusade was by almost any measure a highly successful expedition. Most of Saladin's victories in the wake of Hattin were wiped away. The Crusader Kingdom was healed of its divisions, restored to its coastal cities, and secured in, in a peace within, with its greatest enemy. Although he had failed to reclaim Jerusalem, Richard had put the Christians of the Levant back on their feet again. End quote. Just a decade after the Third Crusade, Pope Innocent III called for the Fourth Crusade to recapture Jerusalem by means of conquering the powerful Egyptian Ayyubid Sultanate. The Crusaders didn't have enough money to make it to Egypt. They ended up sacking the city of Zara, which had then, which, which then taken over by the rising star of the Republic of Venice in 1202. A year later, the Crusaders were on their way. As they passed Constantinople, the Byzantine prince Alexios Angelos asked them to restore his deposed father as emperor. In exchange for their help, the Crusaders would receive financial and military aid from the Byzantines. The Crusaders successfully installed Alexios and his father as co-emperors. A popular uprising deposed them again, however. With no money going to the Crusaders, they began to grow angry and impatient. When Alexios was murdered in 1204, the Crusaders decided to conquer Constantinople and plunder the city of Constantine. The Fourth Crusade resulted in the dissolution of the Byzantine Empire into three rump states and the creation of several Crusader states in the former Byzantine territory. Constantinople itself was under Latin control. This crusade solidified the schism between East and West, as the West attacked and conquered the East for seemingly no good, no good reason other than greed. One of the rump states resulting from the sack of Constantinople, the Nicene Empire, eventually recovered Constantinople and restored the Byzantine Empire in 1261. In 1212, one stranger event happened in the history of the Crusades. Suddenly, supposedly, a boy began to preach in France or Germany, claiming that he had been visited by Jesus, who instructed him to lead a crusade to peacefully convert the Muslims to Christianity. He reportedly instructed he reportedly worked many miracles and gathered together around 30,000 children. He led the children south to the Mediterranean Sea. They expected for the sea to part, as it did for Moses and the Hebrews in their exodus from Egypt, which would allow the children to walk to Jerusalem on dry ground. They reached the sea, but it did not part, and the children were sold into slavery, when two merchants gave them free pass passage to Tunisia. When, when some died in a shipwreck off Sardinia, Modern accounts say that there were actually two groups, that the groups were made up of people of all ages, not just children. Most likely, the two stories of the two groups were combined and embellished into a story of the Children's Crusade. The Fifth Crusade, from 1217 to 1221, was organized by Popes Innocent III and Honorius III. Hungary and Austria took the lead in this crusade, followed by the Dutch, Flemish, and Frisians. They allied with the Seljuk Sultanate of Rum and attacked the Ayyubids in Syria, but failed to retake Jerusalem. In 1221, they occupied the port of Damietta and headed for Cairo before they were forced to make to retreat due to lack of supplies. The Sultan al-Kamil attacked the crusaders at night, killing many. A peace treaty was quickly drawn up. 
It ended in 1228 when the Sixth Crusade began. There was very little actual fighting. Frederick II, the Holy Roman Emperor, negotiated in the restoration of part of the Kingdom of Jerusalem until 1244. There was another crusade in 1239 called the Barons' Crusade. Territory-wise, it was the most successful crusade since the first. Pope Gregory IX called for the Barons' Crusade. The Crusaders played played the uh, Ayyubids in Damascus against the Ayyubids in Egypt. The Kingdom of Jerusalem was expanded to its largest size since 1187. The purpose shifted from liberating the Holy Land from the Muslims to protecting the Latin Empire of Constantinople from heretical Christians. Thus, Christians were once again fighting other Christians. The Seventh Crusade, 1248-1254, resulted in Louis IX of France being captured by the Ayyubids. His kingdom had to pay a hefty ransom for his return. Louis IX wasn't done yet, however. He led an Eighth Crusade against the city of Tunis in modern Tunisia in 1270. Disease struck, Louis IX died, along with many of his troops who returned to Europe. Finally, the Ninth Crusade was the last medieval crusade in the, to the Holy Land, in which Henry III of England sent his son Edward to sail to Acre. He won many victories over the Bybars, but the Crusaders were forced to withdraw. There just wasn't enough crusading spirit to go around. Shortly thereafter, in 1303, the last Crusader stronghold fell to the Muslims, ending 208 years of the Crusades in the Holy Land. Sharon Eastow does a great podcast about the, the history of the Crusades. It's called the History of the Crusades podcast. I highly recommend it if you want to learn more about the Crusades in the Middle East, against the Cathars, and in the Baltic states. Remember back to when I said that William the Conqueror led the Norman invasion of England in 1066 in the last episode? Well, that forever changed the course of British history. David Crowther's History of England podcast has an excellent job of charting this history. At the time this episode is written, he has made it all the way through to just prior to the Elizabethan era. One result of the Norman invasion is that the English became very much influenced by the French, but this did not mean that the two peoples were always friendly. Another great conflict of the late or high Middle Ages was the Hundred Years' War. But first I will look at another Anglo-French battle at Bovines in the, the county of Flanders. It ended the 1213-1214 Anglo-French War. Our friend Philip Augustus defeated the larger army of Otto IV the Holy Roman Emperor, who was allied with King John of England. Otto was deposed and replaced by Frederick II, and King John was forced to sign the Magna Carta in 1215 by discontented barons. He also had to hand over the English-occupied Anjou to Philip. The balance of power shifted and France rose in prominence. Surely there was resentment between France and England. Concerning the Magna Carta, research by Victorian historians showed that the original 1215 charter had concerned a medieval relationship between the monarch and the barons rather than the rights of ordinary people. But the Charter remained a powerful, iconic document, even after almost all of its content was repealed from, from the statute books in the 19th and 20th centuries. Magna Carta still forms an important symbol of liberty today, often cited by politicians and campaigners, and is held in great respect by the British and American legal communities. Lord Denning, described it, describing it as the greatest constitutional document of all times, the foundation of the freedom of the individual against the arbitrary authority of the despot. The Hundred Years' War, roughly from 1337 to 1453, was fought between the House of Plantagenet, or England, and the House of Valois, or France. Five generations of kings from two rival dynasties fought for the throne of the largest kingdom in Western Europe. It marked the height of chivalry and its subsequent decline. 
It also resulted in the strong national identities of both France and England. Historians commonly divide the war into three phases separated by truces, the first being the Edwardian War, 1337-1360, the Caroline War, 1369-1389, and the Lancastrian War, 1415-1453. Later historians adopted the term Hundred Years' War as a hist historiography periodization to encompass all these events, thus conducting the longest military conflict in European history. For the majority of the Hundred Years' War, it seemed like the English would be victorious, after their victories at battles of Crecy, Poitiers, and Agincourt. But starting in 1429, French victories, including those led by Joan of Arc, concluded the war in favor of the House of Valois. England permanently lost most of its possessions on the continent. This war resulted in the transition from feudal armies to professional troops. French and English nationalism increased by far, and heavy cavalry and artillery became important. The first standing armies in Western Europe were created by the fall, since the fall of the Western Roman Empire. It also resulted in a weakening of the Plantagenets in England, leading to the War of the Roses between the, between the House of Lancaster and the House of York, from 1455 to 1487. This war resulted in a victory of the Lancastrian Henry Tudor, who defeated Richard III at the Battle of Bosworth Field. He became Henry VII, father of Henry VIII, and unifier of the Lancastrians and Yorks, under the House of Tudor, which lasted until 1603 with the death of Elizabeth I. Meanwhile, in the Iberian Peninsula, the recon recon Reconquista, or Reconquest of Spain and Portugal from the Muslims, led to the formation of Christian kingdoms in the north, such as Leon, Castile, Navarre, Aragon, and Portugal. There was some infighting among the, these kingdoms, but some of them would eventually unify to form the kingdoms of Spain and Portugal. The Muslim Caliphate fell and was, eventually, was replaced by the Almoravids and Almohads. The Christians eventually expelled the Muslims from the last, their last stronghold in Granada in 1492. Before I end today's episode, I wish to tell you all about my new podcast, The Spiritual Thought. It's a brief daily podcast in which I read a scripture or a passage from a talk. It's a great way to start your day or, or end your night or just spend a few minutes. Hopefully it will make your day a little better as I testify of Christ. It's a very Christian and spiritual podcast, so I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but that's okay. Feel free to check out The Spiritual Thought. Next time we will, cl we will close our look at the Middle Ages by examining the precursors to the changes that made in the 15th century and beyond. From the Great Schism to Luther to Columbus. If you have any other comments, if any comments or questions, even suggestions for improvement, or if you want to hear about something on the show, you can send me a message on Facebook or through my email, mhistorypod at gmail.com. We also have a blog. It's at www.mhistorypod.com. Thanks again, and y'all have a great week. This has been the History of the Church of Jesus Christ.